Welcome to the Ravado Health Podcast. I'm Jodie Duval and I'm a functional naturopath in Perth, WA. This is a place where you can expand your knowledge on how to optimize your health and realize your full potential. We'll have cutting edge information with expert guests and having lots of fun along the way. Get ready to be empowered and motivated to reach your higher vitality and find your ultimate potential. Let's go. Alright everyone, so this talk today is going to blow your mind and you want to listen to it over and over I think, so it's really going to teach you some skills to help you for the rest of your life. So today I talk, talk with Willow Francis and the science of heart math. We, ha- we talk lots about how to cope with anxiety and stress day to day. We even touch on psychedelics and the science and the wonder of medicinal cacao. So Willow and I go deep into the real questions that we ask ourselves and how we can make changes for the better how to overcome health and emotional challenges, as well as finding your passion, plus lots, lots more. So Willow has been a licensed trainer and coach for the HeartMath Institute for the past six years. So prior to this, his journey has taken him around the world to study shaman, spiritual teachers and esteemed practitioners in the areas of personal and spiritual growth and optimal health and wellness. He's also been an emergency room nurse and military paramedic. He is committed to grounding spiritual practices and into genuine depth and practical action. And he's also been holding cacao ceremonies in Perth regularly for the past decade. But he'll tell you lots, lots more when we get onto the podcast. So we really hope you enjoy. Hi, Willow. Hello. Hello. Hi. So today I'm with Willow Francis, and we are talking uh, many amazing things today. And what I really wanted to bring to this podcast is something that will open your minds and really bring into a um, a reality of authenticness. And we're going to talk about many different things, including cacao, um, possibly some psychedelics in there, but mainly we're talking about dealing with the current anxiety um, and issues with coping with the current way the world is. Yeah. So... To start with, Willow, tell me a little bit about yourself for the audience. Oh, a little bit. Okay. Well, whatever you feel (laughs) like sharing. Okay. So I come from a pretty complex background. I have a history, if you want to talk work history, I've got a a medical background, if you like. Worked as an emergency room nurse for years. Worked in nursing in lots of areas. Worked as a paramedic. Aged care, all sorts of things. But also had lots of other lives, lots of other jobs. Mm. Working as a street performer, as a production manager, just living lots of lives within this life. But on the journey, there's always been a bit of a background around well-being, mm. around health. My own personal journey, I think, like most people in the in the health industry, actually looking at healing ourselves and understanding ourselves. So. I did the majority of a counselling degree to mm. looking at that side. Been very interested in psychology, mm. psychotherapy, which has led me down lots of paths. And it all makes sense now. It's really good. It's like my whole life is coming to these lovely points uh, where I can really be of service because mm. that's what I'm interested in. So, yeah, lots of medically st- medical stuff, but also lots of woo-woo stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, meditating for many years learning about that, going down lots of dead ends, mm. with lots of new agey stuff, mm-hmm. coming back up again, finding my way, finding my way towards ceremonies, mm. talk about ceremony and, yeah, and the absolutely. need for that in life. 
Um, and you've travelled lots too. Travelled lots, lived overseas lots, lived on all levels of travel <laughs> from living on the streets to working overseas and, and meeting lots of people, living a very alternative lifestyle for a while, living off the grid, which was really helpful mm. to find my way back to my real self, back to me, mm. rather than the, the idea of who I was meant to be, which mm. I think a lot of people struggle with, with our society, you're sort of born into this position and you're told how to behave and what you should do and you should go and work and you should have all these things but unfortunately they don't really give people themselves mm. they give them you know roles and titles and things so yeah. i think that's a big part of the challenges we're facing on mass mm. but you've got to live you've got to eat you've got to have shelter so there's a real conflict i think around the whole you know, the existential nature of living, especially in the West, I think there's a real struggle there. Absolutely. Uh, I know I've had plenty of struggle with that. Mm. And also overcoming our conditioning. You know, it's very well known that the first few years of your life impacts your whole life. Mm. Your behaviours, who you are, your weaknesses, your strengths, uh, what you try and resolve for most of your life through relationships and things, very much based on that early childhood mm. stuff. So for someone like me that had a very traumatic unstable unsafe childhood yeah my whole life has been trying to find that safety yeah. trying to find that okayness yeah. and i'm really lucky the people i've worked with healers and shamans and medical people and psychologists and counselors and just a huge swath of individuals i've been able to draw on their skills and mm. care that's helped shape my direction uh, for what i'm doing nowadays so yeah. a lot of you know, we we're talking beforehand how we're going yeah. to shape this talk. We talk what, lots. What, what's really this about? <laughs> and I think a really good starting point is actually kindness yep. and self-care. Yeah. There's a I real a good... challenge with this. Mm. I work with lots of people. I do work from the HeartMath Institute, which is an understanding of our physiology mm -hmm. and how our feelings drive our physiology. Yeah. This wasn't well known at all no. 30, 30 years ago. So whenever you have a certain feeling, whether it's a positive, renewing feeling like appreciation or gratitude, kindness or love, mm -hmm. we literally have a very different signal travel from the heart to the brain. And that tells the brain, oh, I'm safe. Mm. And then the neocortex comes online, the thinking part of the brain, so we can look at life in quite a different way. Mm. As opposed to when we feel fear, anger, irritation, frustration, insecurity, mm -hmm. a very different signal goes from the heart to the brain. Mm. And that goes to the fight, flight, freeze center. And the fight, flight, freeze is the primary driver of human beings. We have to stay alive. Mm. There's no point waxing the lyrical and being philosophical if you're dead. It just doesn't work. So this is an overriding mechanism. Mm. The challenge in the modern world for us is that we're pretty safe on one level mm. there's no saber-toothed tigers we've got you know we're doing everything but this fight flight freeze is activated all the time when there's a threat around our identity our sense of self and often it's from our own self-criticism exactly so we're creating all this cortisol inside our bodies that's mm. a stress hormone yeah and there's a epidemic of cortisol now there's people who are consistently in a cortisol state Constantly. and so obesity diabetes, mm -hmm. all these are sort of outlayings of excess cortisol in the body, as well as a very sort of survival-based view of life in front of them. When you've got lots of cortisol on board, when you're in fight, flight, freeze, you have a very narrow view 
because it was designed to get you out of danger very quickly. Focus on the self, run really fast, jump up the tree, there's the, there's the solution. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, recovery and mm. rebuild, but we're not recovering. We're not clicking onto the other side. But there is a solution and it's really simple and very straightforward because there's a more evolved system that came along called the mammalian caregiving system. So this is designed by the almighty nature, the magical <laughs> isness, for especially for humans. So we're, we're born very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. We can't, like a giraffe, just get up and go eating something when we're born. We need to be uh, cared for. We're very, very vulnerable. So the mammalian caregiving system works in a way that the caregiver, the mother generally, mm-hmm. uses soft vocal tones mm-hmm. and soothing touch on the baby. So, oh, there you go, little one, it's okay. And what has to happen in the baby, there has to be a response to that. Something has to happen for that to have any affect. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, nothing changes. Mm. So what happens in the baby is there's a release of a hormone called oxytocin. Opioids release, pain relieving Mm. um, medication, if you like, internal medication, endogenous medication. And the parasympathetic nervous system gets activated and that's the relax response Mm. that we get with slow deep breathing and we know about parasympathetics the break that we all can probably do with a bit of so what's been found is that this this is what creates that bonding you've got the soft vocal tones the soothing touch and the baby gets this lovely warm feeling from the oxytocin that bonding chemical the love chemical Mm. and that's how you bond with the caregiver but through an amazing organisation called the, the Centre for Mindful Self-Compassion, they've done some wonderful research. Again, really clever people mm. diving into the woo-woo and the soft side. Yeah. And Making find, it science. <laughs> exactly. They found that we can activate this in ourselves. Mm. So through very simple meditations and awareness processes, mindfulness, I mean, yep. it's just being with what is, yep. not trying to pretend that you're not suffering, no. not trying to make things different to what they are, but mm-hmm. being real. We can use that same soft vocal tone, the soothing touch on ourselves, and guess what happens? Oxytocin's released, yeah. opioids are released, yeah. and the parasympathetic nervous system comes online. So on board, you've got a pharmacopoeia of relief available for the pain, the suffering, the stress that we all go through. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people don't like the word suffering, especially in the new age, in the new modern, achieve your highest potential, we're yeah. all this, yeah. you know thing that's going on but fundamentally but the suffering brings us there yeah well I th- my feeling around suffering I've looked at that word and mm. I, I pushed against it a lot but the root of the word suffering mm. really means to undergo yeah so you don't have to suffer you don't have to carry you don't have to beat yourself with a stick as you're moving through your challenges mm. you can undergo but you can do it with ease you can do it with grace you can do it with awareness yeah that's very very different but the, the first thing we need to do is acknowledge that we're suffering. Yeah. The moment you stop and say, wow, this is a moment of suffering. You know, something's happened. Yeah. Someone's dissed you on Facebook or yeah. you know, you're, you're suddenly in financial trouble and you're, you're ashamed and you're embarrassed. It's like, wow, I'm suffering. This is a moment of suffering. When you really acknowledge that, you're stopping, something happens. You're getting real with what is. Mm. The next step is activating this amazing faculty around shared humanity. And the way that works psychologically is you realise, you say to yourself, well, 
You know, there's 8 billion people almost on the planet today. I'm sure there's other people in a similar situation. And using your rational mind, you can realise that, yeah, well, out of 8 billion people, I'm sure there's others mm. who will be in a similar situation. Absolutely. I'm not alone. Yeah. So that means I'm not alone. I'm not locked in my little head thinking, I'm the only useless one. I'm only the dumb one that got myself in trouble here. Yeah. Wow. Something changes in that sense of shared humanity. You feel some safety, some... Yeah. Um, bonding almost, you know, this, this part of being part of the human experience, if you like. Yeah. And then there's the question of what do I need? Mm. What do I need in this moment? Yeah. If someone was to whisper the words of what I needed, the soft, kind words, what would they be? And it might be something as simple as, may you feel safe. Mm. Oh, may I feel safe in this moment of suffering? Could I just feel safe? And we can. Yeah. We can just. There we go. Or. May I start to accept myself as I am? May I just start that journey? And that simple step, that little process, that little simple step of acknowledging your suffering, connecting with the shared humanity, and then finding out what you need, is a huge step towards self-kindness, self-care, and a whole new paradigm of living mm. away from the critical, judgmental, hard, anxiety-driven type world that people are living in. Yeah. And unfortunately, we've got a real issue around self-care and self-kindness and self-compassion. Yeah. They're all three similar things. We think that it's indulgent, selfish, and you shouldn't do it. And I work with lots of people with my practice. And the biggest challenge is that people feel really selfish if they do things for themselves, mm. if they start caring for themselves, overly focusing on themselves. Mm. But the issue is we're always all focusing on ourselves all anyway, the time. Yeah. Whenever you do something for someone else, it's a really selfish act. Yeah. You know? yeah. But yeah. it feels good. It's lovely. Yeah. But by doing proper stuff for ourselves, the, the way that I talk about it is that we can really understand the difference between self-care and self-pity and self-indulgence. So when we're, when we're suffering, we can go down the path of self-pity and self-indulgence, the poor me, the victim. And that normally looks like a little party for one person with a little flag up on the pole and a little fence around. So there's the first <laughs> feeling around it. Yeah. The second thing is, with self-care and self-compassion, you might sit on the couch and have a glass of milk and a cookie mm. just to soothe and settle. But self-pity, self-indulgence, you drink a litre of milk and eat a whole tub of cookies. Yeah, big difference. Yeah, so that one path is, is unhealthy. You're doing acts that are not caring. Yeah. I'll have some heroin. I'll smoke a joint. Yeah. I'll get drunk. Yeah. I'll, I'll go and have lots of sex and gamble, and oh, I'll relieve that that feeling. Relieve that feeling. So, and all, all suppression suppression of it. Exactly. Yeah. That's the only way. Get rid of that. Yeah. The other one is, wow, I'm suffering. This is difficult. What do I need? Well, I might just tuck, tuck up on the couch with a cup of tea and spend some time soothing myself, mm. or ring a friend and go for a walk on the beach. Yeah. So it tends to be very healthy. Yeah. releases or pathways mm. and then you know it's self-care and without true self-care there can't really be care for the other no it's impossible fundamentally and exactly. um, it's like I, I met a woman the other day she's a beautiful human being but she can't receive really good at giving I mm. said oh that's a bit selfish isn't it <laughs> you know because you know, the joy of giving you know, we all know what it's like when you give someone something and they're like Oh, that's so nice. Thank you so yeah. much for thinking of me. That's what a beautiful gift. And you're like flooded with feel-good hormones. Yeah. yeah. They've received the gift, the smile on their face, the yeah. glow. 
and it was just from your heart and yep. what a feeling the other story is you go to give someone something oh you shouldn't have <laughs> oh why not <laughs> you're so right and so many of us do it yeah yeah we're not letting so we're yeah. stopping that joy of giving for the other person yeah because the in the giving is the receiving and it's they talk about the slot in all the all the clever people you know, mm. the spiritual people mm. but it's very true when you mind down into it the feeling you have when you give is beautiful deep yep. and rich but when you stop people giving mm. it's it's not so cool no you know, it's okay for you to give and get that lovely feeling yeah but not anyone else yeah so i you was always taught yeah. Yeah. yeah i was always taught um from a good mystery school teacher that if someone gives you something just take it even yeah. if it's a dirty old pair of pants that you'll never wear oh thank you so much exactly and just throw them in the bin doesn't matter <laughs> But you've given that to them. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's probably one of the starting points is this, this understanding, the mammalian caregiving system. We're, we're hardwired. It's yes. an evolved system. Yes. It's not made up softy woo-woo. No. We respond to kindness. Absolutely. Evolutionary, hormonally, it physically. Us, it gives us that warm yeah. primary school, give a good fuzzy. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. A warm fuzzy card. It gives you that really nice feeling inside. And what happens is you start to listen to the tone of your voice. And people can look up uh, vagal tone therapy. There's some yep. great research around vagal tone and the vagus nerve, which is the main nerve that's sending the information from the heart up to the brain, yes. collecting all the data from the autonomic the digestive system. system too. Exactly. Yeah. Well, the, the, the simple way is that we're binary people. We either feel safe or we don't. If we don't feel safe, we're spending all our energy and time heading towards safety. If we feel safe, we can relax and digest. Yeah. And relax and digest means relax and digest ideas, um, situations, being reflective, Yes. digest our food and absorb better. Allow new things come into our life. Allow new things. But without that safety, it's mm. quite hard. And most people are running around on a high level of anxiety. Mm. And the rest are running around on a low level of anxiety. It's chronic. underneath them. It's chronic. And Interestingly, even the small stresses create the same amount of cortisol as the big stresses. Exactly. And what happens again is we're living in this fight, flight, freeze mode, which yep. is a very narrow way of seeing things. Mm. It's like, let's say, don't look at your bank account mm. when you're really stressed and depressed no, because it looks shit. It'll always look yeah. bad if you're stressed. But yeah. when you're feeling really good, it doesn't really matter. No. If you're really feeling good, if you're properly, yeah. authentically yeah. feeling safe, doesn't matter how much you got in the bank. And the problem is, is with social media. When people are feeling low, they go and look. That's what I find. And that makes them feel even worse. Yeah. 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 And that, I think like a lot of things in the modern world, we, we've taken on a lot of paradigms, devices, technology, um, social structures, and we haven't stopped and looked at them. Hmm. We've what, just hopped on board doing. and off we went. And you can see it today when you're, you know, if you're on a public transport or even in public, and there's not many people there because they're all in the virtual world. They're all in their devices. They're distracting themselves all the time, playing silly little games, looking at social media. And it's found now they're actually getting a dopamine hit. Exactly. So we're replacing one drug for another. Yeah. And the drug now is the social media exactly. hit. And there's people that are checking their phone 50 times a day to get that little dopamine hit. They're waking up at night. Exactly. Uh, in Singapore, they, they, the psychologist, psychiatrist, they released a new malady or pathology called no phone phobia. 
And it's a recognized state mm. that when you leave your phone at home, you start getting anxious. You can't Absolutely. check your phone. Or oh, what is someone, what? What the fuck? Yeah. What is someone what? Exactly. What happened? Yeah. Why can't we just head out into the day and have a lovely day and come home and get all that news when we come home? What's, exactly. what's happened? I know. And also being in contact with people constantly, having to be in contact or having to be on the other end of the contact. Yeah. It's anxious because you don't feel like you can never be set free. That's exactly right, Jodie. And the, and the funny thing is there's a, a vicious cycle that's got set up. So if I don't respond to your text, email, Twitter, Instaface thing within a few minutes, mm. oh, that's set up. Oh, what's wrong with him? What, how come he's not responding yeah. to me? And so we're in this cycle of demand. Exactly. And uh, that's around anxiety. Our lives, and that creates a lot of anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is, this is where we're finding ourselves. We're in this amazing time. Mm. We've got the opportunity We've got the opportunity to solve our problems. Yes. There's been some great research done. Yeah. Some really good people. Yeah. And we've got solutions for all the world's problems. Yeah. But we need a change in attitude. It's action as well. Action. Yeah. Well, that's interesting because today they started talking about a Royal Commission into suicide with veterans in Australia. Right. Yeah. Okay. Because it's so high. It's mm. 20, 30, 40% higher than the average, which is a really odd thing to talk about. Yeah. Average suicide rates. Um, so it's PTSD. Yes. And I've seen this for weeks and months, and there's a lot of talk, mm. but there doesn't seem to be much action yeah. around. In the States, HeartMath, this great organisation that I yes. work with and, yes. and do the training with, um, that really focuses on helping people with emotional self-regulation, which yes. is where we're going to talk about, yeah. um, they help veterans for free because they know that PTSD with someone coming back from Afghanistan or Iraq mm. where guns are very available and someone's sympathetic nervous system is so wound up mm. that a backfiring car can just put them right back in the war zone and they grab their gun and just start shooting people that has a big effect on the society <laughs> one person whereas if we can help that one person yeah. if we can switch off the fight flight freeze Mm -hmm. settle down get them to self-regulate mm. come back to self-soothing get yeah. the parasympathetic then we've got a chance to integrate that person back into the society after they've done the thing they've had to do Absolutely. now in australia we've got no sense of that you know? really yeah it's um wow um, the heart math model for helping ptsd is is second to none globally it's yeah. a very effective method HeartMath is amazing, and I must say, I've done the course with you yeah. before I had my second. Yeah. Yeah, Marley. And me and Matt did it. And so, it, still to today, we use those skills. Yeah. It's, it's constant. And that's why I also wanted to talk to you so much, because this is where we're missing, is that ability for us to be able to regulate our emotions on a daily, minute, second basis. Yeah. So and important. I, and I think that's again one of the challenges we've got. We've got so much entitlement. Mm. So someone pulls in the car for part bay in front of you and you just Grar! You know? <laughs> I always like to use the example that you've just come from your yoga session. You've done your <laughs> you're lying down, your what's your little shavasana. Sh yeah. There you are. Dead corpse pose. Yeah, corpse pose. You've touched the Lord. You've been touched by God. You're feeling at peace Amazing. with all. You've got your little lemon up. pants on. You've got your beautiful water. You've had your green smoothie. Then you go out, hop in your car, and someone pulls in front of you, and this the bird rises up. 
<laughs> he gives someone the finger or this raw rage. It's like, what the fuck? Where did that come from? <laughs> and this is what heart math teaches. Exactly. And educates. And it's a really funny name, heart math. Because in Australia, we use the word maths. But it's really talking about the science of the heart. Mm. And this is what I, I get a lot of emails from talks that I do and people I work with who say, gee, I love the science of the work you do, Willa. Mm. The grounded science. Yeah. Because we're talking about the heart, which generally people think is soft and wooey. Yes. But we know that when someone puts their heart into something, yeah. they're putting their whole self in. Yes. And we know now that the heart sends more information to the brain than the brain sends to the heart. So, well, what's that? Well, this information is a collection of data from the nervous system telling the brain what's going on, mm. danger or safety. Mm. And it does it by changing the beat, the yes. length of the beat of each pair of heartbeats. So what's that all about? So as a nurse, you know, we used to take someone's pulse, that's right. and that's how you tell their health. It's either tachycardic, it's very half fast, or it's bradycardic, it's very low. But luckily for us, the HeartMath crew in um, Boulder, California there, look deeper at the length of time between each pair of heartbeats. Mm. And they found that it's really interesting. So each pair of heartbeats is a different length might be 0.9 of a second for one pair of heartbeat, might be 1.2 for the next heartbeat pair. Mm -hmm. And when you look at that pair of heartbeats over time, over a few minutes, you start to see a rhythm mm. is created by those different lengths. So, you know, if you had a heartbeat of 0.9, um, 0.9 of a second between each heartbeat, well, that would create a certain minute heartbeat, mm. say 60 beats a minute, or a bit less, 54 or whatever. And then the next one might be whatever. And with this rhythm, we found that it's like Morse code going to the brain, literally. When we're stressed, irritated, angry, frustrated, depressed, all those feelings that are moving through, the rhythm created by the heart from the change in the beat is quite erratic and goes up to the brain, the thalamus, the switchboard operator, then plugs in the fight, flight, freeze center of the brain. Everything else stops till we can solve this stress anxiety. Conversely, when we have feelings of compassion and care, love, safety, gratitude, gratitude appreciation, the rhythm from the heart literally changes in one minute and it's a smooth type sine wave rhythm that goes up the vagus mm. nerve to the brain. And the thalami, because there's actually two, not one thalamus, um, that goes, oh, safe. So it unplugs the fight, flight, freeze, that reptilian primal mode of survival, and plugs in the neocortex, which is the part that makes us wonderful humans. We can think outside the box. We can think of the other rather than ourselves. Mm. We can think of all the others, maybe, mm. which isn't necessary. I love um, that, the way you say that. Yeah, well, this is the problem. We're not solving the world's problems because we're so self-focused with our survival needs, with our self-important needs, with our look-at-me needs. The amount of selfies people take, there's a great pathology right there. What the fuck is this? Why Why is every successful web page have to have a picture of someone with, you know, looking cool or fit or whatever? The obsession with that. And the funny thing is, that, is the body's going to get old and crumble no matter what you do. Mm, exactly. You know, you might gain, you know, five years, eight years with all your fitness you're spending you know five hours a day on your fitness regime mm. but my theory is that you'll you'll live a lot longer and have a lot better quality of life if you spent that same amount of time on your kindness routine on, on managing your emotions feeling good feeling good learning 
what's uh, unevolved in you mm. and resolving issues so you can be kind, so you can find your purpose, so you can serve yes. humanity. Yes. Um, because yes. we're not we're serving ourselves. We're a very self-serving yes. um, society and that's what's spinning us out of control. That's right. Or we're going off to jobs to do just dumb things. That you don't want to do. That, yeah, that you don't want to do and don't mean anything. No passion. Yeah, no heart. No Back heart. To heart. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, I, I always remember still, and to this day I use it, it's my happy place that I learnt with you guys. Yeah. yeah. And um, coming back into that gratitude feeling and that's in the heart. Yeah. And nothing compares to that beautiful warmth that spreads very quickly as soon as I'm back in that happy place. So yeah. my, mine is a, a sitting cross-legged in a forest, in a pine forest, and just smelling. I can still wow. smell the pine now, you know. It's yeah. that vivid that you're sitting there and I can just be quiet and still yeah. and that, yeah, yeah, nothingness. And you've nailed it, Jodie, because people generally think that that's just a bit of a mental, visual relaxation thing. And this is the essence of heart math. What they've found is that when we shift our attention to the heart, the heart's actually got 40,000 neurites. Mm -hmm. So it's classified as a brain because it thinks, it can remember, it self-regulates, it creates its own heartbeat. It releases uh, hormones and peptides and things that raises or lowers the blood pressure. It's self-regulating organism. Mm. And so when we shift our attention out of the head, disengage from the mind for a moment, imagine our breath coming in and out through the heart, slowing it down, something dramatic happens. Mm. That heart rhythm starts to change. Mm. And that's a great start. But by adding the emotion, this is where all the research came in, is when we actually choose an emotion that's often generated by a place that makes us feel really good, a memory, mm. maybe a person who's always been kind to us, always there for us or a place in nature where you stand there and you're taken by awe you know you're swept away by the simplicity and the complexity of life all in one mm. when we tune into that our emotions change our feelings change our neurology changes our nervous system changes and then we get into a state that's called cardiophysiological coherence <laughs> and that simply means that we're in balance mm. we're in a I great like place and people can try that. They can just sit down for 10 minutes each day, morning or night, once a day, mm -hmm. and just try that and see how they feel because mm -hmm. it's as simple as that. Interestingly, it gets complex after that because once you sit with yourself and you get that lovely thing, then you might start realising things about yourself, about your life. You know, oh, I'm an arseaholic. <laughs> Why am I being such an asshole? Where did that come from? I used to be a nice person. Alcoholic. Yeah. There's a lot of it around. I know. We've got alcoholics, we've got drug addicts, but and the alcoholics are, the are a lot worse. I know. Give me a drug addict any day. They're just trying to relieve their pain. Yeah, I suppose alcoholics are as well, but you it comes out a lot worse. So you realise you're being an asshole. What brought that on? Mm. Oh, so it's a defence mechanism. If you yeah. dig deep enough, you'll mm. see that you're just defending yourself. Oh, yeah. You're insecure. Why are you insecure? Well, let's have a look at that. So off we go on the personal growth journey. Mm. And, you know, personal growth cops a lot of attitude in, in different spheres. And again, oh, too much focus on yourself. Mm. And the irony is we need to focus on ourselves to let go of ourselves. Yeah. To transcend the self, you've got to understand what the hell's going on. Yeah, and then and to feel others as well. Exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, the, 
the definition of the psychopath and the sociopath are people who have no feelings for others. And if you look around our society, the systems, the, the politicians, the business people, there's, there's different levels of that throughout our, our society, you know. Definitely. And then we've got the other people. On the other end of the scale, we've got the empaths, the people mm, who are feeling everything. everything. Mm. And they're suffering. So we've got chaos in the emotional band, if you like. And what we're finding is emotional self-regulation using simple tools and techniques mm -hmm. to settle and soothe your own system then allows you to find the solutions to not just your own problems, but to other problems. Yeah. You get access to sort of a deeper, wiser part exactly. of yourself. Some people talk about the field, this mm. intelligent field that we live in. And so when you're balanced and centered, psychophysiologically coherent, mm. you can then hear uh, intuition, inspiration, whatever you want to call it, um, solutions. And often they can just be personal solutions to stresses or deeper issues you've been holding on to that can help you let go and move forward or they might be something bigger if you've got you're part of a group or organization that's hit a brick wall you can also use that intelligence to deal with those things mm. but coming from a win-win good for the one on the whole not just the one yeah. and his bank account and his image on social media <laughs> yeah. What I, what I love about HeartMath is, and where we initially connected many, many, many years ago, is the heart medicine of cacao. Well, there you go. And, and the way that you marry both of those together. Yeah. That, for me, like you're a fascinating person, we're like, <laughs> and Catherine, obviously. But, and I, I just, I get inspired and just the feelings I get when I'm around both of you. And that started from the very moment I met you both. Yeah. And that was at a cacao ceremony many, 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 many years ago. I remember it. I remember it clearly. And we were very inspired by you. I remember saying, oh, that woman, she's got something there. And we've <laughs> since developed a long-term friendship. And it's really fascinating with cacao. So cacao's the, it's where all chocolate comes from. It's a plant, Theobroma cacao. And um, it's the seeds from the fruit of this tree mm. where all chocolate comes from. And I've been fascinated by the story of cacao since I first dived in deep. So mm. Catherine and I have been working with superfoods, you know, health elixirs and raw chocolate healthy stuff for a decade. Yes. We travelled the world, we went to Guatemala, the home of chocolate, mm. and really researched and looked at the science behind cacao. And on that journey, we get to look at the anthropological stories around cacao. Yeah. And they just, it's like science and spirituality meeting. It's a broad way of saying it. So that in the history of cacao, there were all these societies in the jungles, Central America, South America, and they had no physical contact. Mm. It was very dense jungles. But anthropologically, they all had a similar story around cacao. And what it was that was when the tribes were out of balance with themselves, with each other, with, with other tribes they were in contact with, or with their environment, the gods would gift them the cacao tree mm. and harmony would be restored. <laughs> well, chocolate always makes you feel good, so mm. there's something going on there. Absolutely. But then it was fascinating, fast forward through the evolution of cacao into the West, and then the scientific research around cacao has basically focused on heart health. 
kind of vascular health Cardio- as a medical term. Yeah, yeah cardiovascular health. heart health. And you're like, well, how did that happen? Yeah. And so we're looking at why cacao is so effective for cardiovascular health. Mm. And we see that it's more effective as, than a statin drug for clearing buildup of cholesterol in the arteries. And it's cholesterol neutral. The fats in cacao are cholesterol neutral, so it's exactly. wonderful. It's filled with great neurotransmitters. Mm. Highest source of magnesium of any food. Oh, there's a, there's a, a key there. So magnesium's concentrated 18 times more in the heart to support the vigour of the heart pump, which we need. Cacao also is a vasodilator. So it opens up the veins to support the movement of the blood. It thins the blood, so we stop that clumping that we get with strokes and other cardiovascular incidences. So it's like whoever designed this amazing food, Mm. food of the gods they call it, Mm. Theobroma cacao, um, really knew what they were doing because humans really respond well as a medicine. Yes. It's got something like 1,400 chemical constituents in cacao. Unbelievable. It still can't be replicated Mm. artificially. It's very complex food. And all those things in it really support humans. Mm. It's got the highest source of antioxidants of any food. Antioxidants we need to clear out free radicals, which is uh, basically cells that are corrupt. They've lost the molecule and they're bouncing around, causing a whole lot of trouble. They need flushing out. Mm. We have our own um, antioxidants in our body, but getting the boost... Definitely hurts, and, and they're flavonoids. They're called epicatchins, is the name from the cacao. It's that beautiful purple color or the deep chocolatey color from the cacao. So whether we're looking at it from a metaphysical point of view or whether we're looking at it a physical, cacao really supports the heart. And now we've been running cacao ceremonies mm. for almost a decade, nine years. Wow! And people That's are like, well, yeah, and people are like, what's that all about? Mm. It's like, well, we just get naked and drink chocolate <laughs> and slather it all over our bodies no not we don't do that. that's going to put a lot of people off or it's going to attract the wrong sort of people yes but no so cacao as a medicine can be seen as a, a gentle entheogen so entheogens the term is basically a plant or a plant medicine that connects us with the divine within that's a broad definition of the word entheogen the main entheogens are things like ayahuasca psilocybin mushrooms yes peyote yes and these much stronger psychedelics mm. not for everyone at mm. all whereas cacao because it has a host of neurotransmitters that match our neurology mm. is really supportive and not too pushy yeah so we've got things serotonin you know yeah. stress defense dopamine the motivator we've got something called anandamide so anandamide is part of the cannabinoid receptor group or cannabinoid opioid type treatment and it was only recently discovered and they were looking at the receptor sites for cannabis Mm. so when we smoke cannabis we need to have a receptor site so it works and we Mm. get the high but they postulated well not everyone's meant to smoke dope so Mm. why have we got these cannabinoid receptor sites Mm. and it seems that when we get that thing called the runner's high there's this molecule created and they didn't even have a name for it. And they, they named it anandamide. And ananda in Sanskrit, Hindi language, is bliss, the bliss chemical. And that's why you get the runner's high. But it also helps you forget past pain. Hmm. So again, the, the theory is that women wouldn't keep having children if they could remember the acuteness of the pain. Yes. So the anandamide's released 
Oh, yeah, I'll have another child. No worries. In the middle of birth. What the hell was I thinking? <laughs> yep. So it's also, so you get this beautiful bliss chemical, and that's why chocolate's the most popular food on the planet. Mm. You have chocolate when you're feeling bad. You have chocolate when you're feeling good. good. <laughs> and unfortunately, there's a commercial chocolate full of sugar, and it's yes. over-roasted and heat-treated, so we're yes. losing the tryptophan and a lot of yes. the good neurochemicals. Uh, whereas we as you know, are into raw yes. chocolate, which yes. means it's not highly roasted, it's not overly processed, it's as raw as possible, That's but right. still makes delicious, healthy chocolate. Oh, beautiful. And I must say, and I was thinking about this before I was coming here, and in my on, on my About Me section, I'd, I'd, I'd written all about when I first discovered raw chocolate. Yeah? And so the difference, I've eaten chocolate all my life, and this was when I was 18, 19. And I went to a raw food workshop, because it just turned up, and I went, I'm gonna, gonna go there. And I wasn't doing too well. This is when I was in, living in London and I was overworked and eating all the wrong things and too much coffee and nervous system gone right and all that sort of thing. And I remember eating this one chocolate that we made at this workshop and it literally changed my mental state, my mm. physiology and my heart. It was literally like I was crying out for this. And yeah. ever since then, <laughs> I've been in love <laughs> with this chocolate. Yeah. And yeah. that... I guess is what drew me to you guys yeah. and um, you know me for having chocolate for breakfast is no big deal I would have chocolate every day for breakfast I love it it's yeah. medicine well chocolate was always drunk for 95% of its life it's, it's such been a, a beverage. good name for it absolutely and but also it's drunk in the terms of it's been dampened in what its true ability for reacting with us is yeah yeah so again a raw chocolate drink means you're not having dairy because the casein the protein in the dairy blocks the antioxidants and we want the antioxidants yeah. there's lots of them yeah and all these other good things so it's very easy to have a lovely rich healthy chocolate drink for breakfast mm. as an elixir an yeah. elixir for life your famous elixir which we've been having for the last decade loaded with other medicinal mushrooms and ayurvedic herbs and you can really go to town but our caveat is it has to keep tasting good. Mm. You want that, oh my Absolutely. goodness, I want to drink a gallon of this feeling. That's what your cacao is like in the ceremony. I could drink it all day and that's long. That's the feedback we get. <laughs> we had a lady come to the talk I did the other day on a heart mouth talk. I do these lectures um, every now and then to just give people the science of the heart, of yeah. where, where we're at. And then we had a cacao drink and sat and meditated for 20 minutes. Mm. And these people have been to lots of cacao ceremonies, but they're like, this is the best cacao. Yeah. So then they rang us up, can we have some cacao and can you give us your recipe? So for sure we say, for sure, because that's, the, that's, that's what you want. You want people to be, you know, having it and having a good experience with it and then yes. they'll keep having it and yes. ideally they get the health benefits, mm. like you're saying. And a lot of people have reported what you said, Jodie, they, they have raw chocolate for the first time and they're like, oh my goodness. Changes, changes you, yeah. literally, as a person. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. we suggest that, you know, you just swap what you're having your traditional high roasted over processed sugar laden dairy filled chocolate for mm -hmm. some raw chocolate yes. that's made really nice yes. and there's lots around but yours is to die for <laughs> literally then reverence the different the difference <laughs> is that you don't eat a lot you get very nourished with what you have and the guilt's gone and you'll find that you know you even lose weight with eating raw chocolate absolutely because it creates thermogenesis which encourages your body to burn fat rather than store it 
generally using low GI sweeteners. So again, we're going mm. down that pathway. Um, and even I was talking about the anandamide, this beautiful bliss chemical that's in cacao and chocolate. And I always laugh at this because nature is so clever, it puts in another molecule that's an anandamide reuptake inhibitor. And what that means is it's designed to stop the anandamide being used up quickly by the brain so it hangs around longer, mm. so you feel better for longer. Mm. Now that's got to be gold. Whoever thought that out was like on the money for sure. Amazing. <laughs> I, didn't know, I didn't know this. Yeah. Just more of the neuroscience. Wow. There's always lots of good science in the woo-woo it seems. It's just taking us a while to catch up. Absolutely. And that's where we could even segue across into psychedelics and we're yes. talking about that earlier. We were just talking about Dr. Raven. Oh, David Raven. What a, what a legend. So I just feel very blessed that a lot of my involvement in my life as I said, it's sort of coming to a, a focus and mm. it's supported by a huge resurgence of psychedelics globally. Mm. But it's a very different resurgence to, it's a, well, it's a resurgence, sorry, it's new, but it's very different to what was happening with psychedelics in the 60s, which really, like a lot of things with humans, it just got out of hand yeah. as we played and experimented and tried and mm. we had free thinking individuals involved. So that's always going to go astray. <laughs> um, and then we had governments involved. Yeah. So there's a big clamp down, the prohibition of fear yes. uh, that comes in. Because the, the, the challenge and the secret with psychedelics is they give us, for the first time, a totally different understanding of reality. And what the scientists are interested in, how this, these simple molecules change the way we view the world mm. so and the dramatically physiology of the brain yeah and yeah. change and which parts of the brain fire up and don't fire up exactly. when we take these substances and so a lot of people know now thanks to people like michael pollan with mm. his book and much research and even the bbc i'm seeing constant i, I go to the bbc to read for some reason yeah i find that a place to um, satiate my um, my news fix <laughs> and every week now there's stories on ayahuasca on psilocybin mushrooms on the research the fed, the funded research and the legal research into MDMA yes. for yes. PTSD for depression for anxiety mm. and you know these studies were started back in the 50s and 60s in fact there was so much research done on alcoholism mm. and the treatment for alcoholism that was very, very successful with psychedelics, but it all got pushed away. Yeah. And there's researchers who are just finding this out today. They're like, my God, this is my research. This is my PhD, and I didn't know anything about this. Yeah, it didn't um, What's going on? on. Yeah. And, and so as a society that's suffering, uh, suffering a pathology and a pandemic of stress anxiety depression ptsd you know existential anxiety basically exactly meaning that there's a meaning anxiety mm. who are we what's going on what, what's this all about yeah and that creates all this pathology we've, we've got a solution mm. and it's the plants it's the planet it's the nature is giving us this solution and these are big steps i'm, I'm stepping from step to step throwing these phrases in but this is what's being seen. It's been known by the ancients for a long time. They used it. Exactly. But we're not the ancients. No. We're modern people with a modern psychology mm. and a modern structure. And so I've been involved in uh, psychedelic ceremonies 
healing ceremonies yeah. uh, in Brazil and also here in Australia for a long time. Mm. Um, I was recreationally involved in psychedelics uh, quite a few decades back, uh, which was very interesting and all very wow and out there. But what I'm really interested in now is the therapeutic and the healing and the evolutionary side of psychedelics. Yes. Because for a lot of people, they, they take them once mm. in the right setting and setting means an environment that's safe, brings on the feeling of safety, and facilitated by someone where you feel confident and mm -hmm. safe with, mm -hmm. then it can be so life-changing. Just one experience can change the whole paradigm that you're living. Yes. And that's what the governments have always been scared of, yeah. that we don't want people waking up is the term Literally. we don't want people wake to, up, wake yeah, up. Yeah. suddenly questioning the mainstream paradigm of consumerism but we know that consumerism in the west is driving the problems on the planet today without mm. a doubt it's the rich one percent who are demanding that the rest feed their needs and we have this ridiculous consumer driven reality mm. whereas we don't need all that shit no. We've got lots that we can enjoy it's and the share. internal though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's that and safety internally. It is. And psychedelics do have an opportunity. The research, the science that's going on at the moment in Imperial College in, in, in London, in the States, in the Canada, yeah. the MAPS, yeah. um, is showing us that we've got a medicine available to us, taken in the right way of the right people with the right intention for the right malady is groundbreaking. There's just some fantastic research. The latest stuff from MAPS on the MDMA studies, and they're using MDMA, uh, which, you know, was a street name was ecstasy and that, but it's rare for someone on the street to have pure MDMA. Exactly. So what they found is in this recent study, the average person had PTSD for 17 years who was on the study, mm. on the research. They had 12 weeks of psychotherapy, just 12 weeks. They had three sessions on, on the MDMA, taking mm. the psychedelic mm. with a counsellor, with carers there mm -hmm. in a safe environment. And five years later, they've, they're not on any medication. They're not going to any counselling. They learnt the skills in those 12 weeks mm -hmm. of self-regulation, of self-care. The MDMA reset their systems because of the way it was taken within that, those parameters. And this is a phenomenal thing. Yeah. You know, PTSD is, is devastating for people. Absolutely. It's, it's so insidious. Mm. Um, the nervous system is never settled. The safety's never there. Um, psychedelics as well. There's been some great research with de depression with psilocybin mushrooms. Yes. You know, people with long-standing depression mm. having one therapeutic dose and six, 12 months later being symptom-free. Is it also with, they've found some research with Alzheimer's or dementia? Have you have you seen any of that? I've not looked into it myself, but I've heard. No, I haven't seen yeah. a lot of that. That would be interesting to see what comes about. It would be. Mm. It would be. Because that's that connection again. It is. And we're all terrified of Alzheimer's and Absolutely. dementia. Absolutely. But it's an inflammatory stress disorder again, it isn't is. it? It is. So I'm thinking cortisol. Yes. Excessive cortisol. Yes. We're living in a society that's excessively stressed. Um, and these, these things come along. But I think, again, 
the psychedelics for me, they answer the existential questions. Mm. And by existential, I'm saying, who am I? What am I doing here really? And was I really born into this phenomenal experience called the human body with 50 trillion cells all coordinated with each other, yeah. effortlessly working without me having to do anything? Yeah. Was I really born into this magnificent experience with this brain to go to work and shop and buy a car and have a house and then make sure I've paid for my fucking funeral yeah. and die? Mm. Is that it? Yeah. I doubt that. I, I, I deeply doubt that from my life experience. Yes. Um, my feeling is that we are on a journey, mm. a deep and profound experience of life that's beyond our understanding. Yeah. And we have to be humble enough, we have to be intelligent enough to say, Take that on. I can't possibly understand this thing. Mm. Because then you've got a starting point. Mm. And when I say you can't understand it, I mean we can't understand it with our mind, with our egoic mind, with our mind that creates the separate self. Mm. But we can tap into the understanding of the bigger mm. by letting go of that. Absolutely. So we use things like meditation for that. Yes. Consistent, proper meditation. Meditation yes. that works. Yes. Not just sitting down and meditating, relaxing each day. Yes. That's not meditation. Mm. That's relaxation. And consistent mindfulness. And consistent mindfulness. We need to be awake. We need to wake up. What's going on? What am I feeling right now? Who am I right now? Because that's changing. So psychedelics give the opportunity to supercharge the experience of mm. letting go. You know, you can, you can have the, the death of the ego yeah. and be reborn. Yes, absolutely. You know, maybe that's absolutely. what the Christians are talking about. Born anew and... <laughs> reborn. Yeah, and praise the Lord and see the Lord. If you, if you use it as a metaphor, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, I've yeah. died and been reborn without a doubt. You have. I woke up. You literally, but you have. <laughs> and I have as actually. well. Yes, I actually did have a, an experience where I was resuscitated. Um, and, and it really helped shift my track back to what's important in life. Mm. And I think when we start to shift our focus to back what's important in life, we come back to kindness, community, sharing, um, exploring these deeper conversations, these deeper experiences mm. um, and I think that all comes back when we do that is we seem to come to this point and this seems to be global of whoever I've met who's done the deep dive into their personal growth who's had these psychedelic awakenings these experiences of taking psychedelics that have just opened up their realities they've seen the truth if you like, like a truth where it's all revealed that mm. love is the answer there's this this undeniable experience taking place mm. and we're part of it yeah and then you just end up wanting to serve mm. like you you know you're doing all this because you want to serve there's this innate drive and the more we wake up and move away from the conditioned self i see so many people who change gears change life sort themselves out and then they just want to do things for other people yeah Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. What are they going around at the moment? Happens a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. And I mean, it's getting hijacked. You know, go and do a two-day training and become a life counsellor, a life coach, and make tens of thousands of dollars by having 20 clients on your book in the first week. What the fuck is that? <laughs> How can exactly. you... You've got no life experience. It's the wrong shift. You've done nothing, and you're setting yourself up as a life coach. Yeah. Yeah. What happened? I know. You have to laugh. 
you do. Goodness. That's why I say it, because you have to laugh. You have to. Whereas it's like, go and get a life. And then if someone asks you some things, maybe you sit down over a cup for and yeah. see how you go. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely. And I come, I come up against this a lot, and not just this, but with health crises with people. Yeah. So in my practice... A lot of clients come through and they want the magic fix. Yeah. Yeah. The magic and, pill. And I, I now in my experience have say right outright to them that there is no magic pill. There is action. Yeah. There is exploration. And a lot of it may not even be to do with the actual physical body. And yeah. we do work on that. Yeah. But it is the ability for you to cope and to have the skill set mm-hmm. and to be able to deal with what everyday life is throwing at you. And that's the missing link, I find. And especially in my practices, I've got all these skills to help people bring their cells back into health. And I'm based on cellular health now, which I love. But it misses a point. And the point is, is that the heart wants what it wants. And it needs to be soothed. And you need to have those correct, you know, mental connections, the brain connections and the coherence or the heart variability and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and I think you, you just... Nailed, nailed it there and I think we can save people so much pain so much money and mm. time and even when we talk about psychedelics insight which you can get a mountain of without action is useless yep. and a lot of people go towards psychedelics going to ceremonies yep. ayahuasca ceremonies or plant medicine from South America or psilocybin mushrooms or MDMA these circles and ceremonies and then they just start taking lots of it. Mm. And there's no integration. There's no movement forward in their psychology. Yeah. And for all of these people, they're unprepared for what it gives, what it shows, Absolutely. what it reveals, what they have to face. Mm. And it's always, I was always taught that these medicines are a tertiary experience. Yeah. You, you wouldn't get a kindergarten kid and put him in university. No. Because you've got to sort yourself out. You've got to be responsible for yourself. You've got to Absolutely. turn up at the class sometime. It's not like primary school where you're told everything no so psychedelics are a bit like that you've got to know one you've got to know yourself a bit first absolutely and i wouldn't encourage people to go down that path unless they have done a bit of that we always talk about the passion of meditation which is a a form of meditation where you do a 10-day retreat yes for 10 days you don't do anything so what do you mean you don't do anything for 10 days no cooking no washing no writing no reading no facebook no phone no looking anyone in the eye what the fuck is this? <laughs> and it's been around for hundreds of years. And no talking. And no talking. A silent retreat. So what do you do? Well, you sit and meditate for 10 hours a day. Well, what do you do when you meditate? Well, you sit and don't do anything. Well, what's that all about? Well, you go mad first yeah. on about day three or four when your ego, the, the self that always needs to be doing something, finally gives up. Mm-hmm. Then you get to know yourself. Yes. then the magic happens. Yes. So we've always found that people that have done Vipassana meditations are very good candidates for doing psychedelics. Yes. Because they've been through the crucible. They've sat. They've been with themselves. Mm. And they've got, you know, at the end of your 10-day um, Vipassana meditation, you sort of tap into this ability to feel the love, the deep love mm. that's behind everything and, and work with that. Yes. That sounds a bit hippie probably for a lot of people, but it's not. We're, no. we're all, all the great scientists, all the geniuses understand that behind everything, there's this thing. We call it love. We call it 
the field, we call it intelligence, whatever. Mm. You know, religions have grabbed it and called it things, called it God, called it whatever. But yeah. fundamentally, there's something going on. Yeah. And really interested in that. Oh, yeah. Um, but we have to get over ourselves to start with. Absolutely. Um, and it's, it's almost like when we go into modern, um, a lot of clients who come in with, with deep trauma and deep issues, yeah. you know, before we unpack all that shit, as I call it, to my clients, yeah. you need the skills to be able to deal with the shit that comes yes. up. Oh, and I'm so passionate about yeah. that because so many times people are unpacking stuff. It messes people up. They're not ready for it yeah. yet. Yeah. You know, and small integrations like heart math yeah. and meditation to yeah. start with and even Vipassana that people should be going down before they even start some yeah. forms of therapy, I believe. And this, this is, again, really intelligent stuff, Jodie, because people go to counselling and they go for years and years. Yeah. And I think, to them, man, stop the counselling. Yeah, yeah. You just, you're, you're unpacking stuff, you're being re-traumatised maybe sometimes, exactly. all sorts of stuff going on. Whereas if you started by learning some skills. Yeah, and that's the self-soothing, really. Self-soothing, the emotional self-regulation, the, the self-care. Yeah. The ability to be your own healer, your mm. own mother, your own father, no matter what's going on, then you've got some real confidence to face these things that come up. And it's the same with the ceremonies. When you're faced with your your nature, when mm. the arseholic turns up mm. and you're devastated by the fact you've realised, <laughs> my God, I thought I was a nice guy. Yeah. I'm a wanker. Yeah. Well, look at me. Self-centred, <laughs> self-driven. I don't really care about anyone else. How am I going to deal with that? People commit suicide. That, well, that's the, the, the harsh reality. Absolutely. Exactly. Because they it's haven't hard. got those tools to go, it's okay. Yeah. Look at your conditioning. Of course you've turned out like that. Of course. And that soft vocal tones, hey, it's okay, mister. Yeah. Hand on the heart, soothing touch. And suddenly something happens inside. It's the antidote mm. to the poison. Yeah. The poison of the mind, the poison of the criticism. We've got the soothing oxytocin coming on board, yeah. and it's free. Yes, you, you know, do. It's you pharmacopoeia, free. endogenous pharmacopoeia. We've got it inside. We don't need to take it. We don't have to go to a health clinic and pay five hundred bucks for it. It's right there. And as you say, what a great gift to let people know that when they're waking up, they need to get these tools on board. Yes. And I always say this when I do it because I do a five-week training with my heart maths work. And I'm basically giving people tools while they're changing their baseline over that first five weeks. And we measure that with technology. We can look at the changes in the heart mm. rhythms that tell us there's progression or not. Yes. And at the end of the period, they've got the capacity to access a state of coherence, mm. bring themselves to balance, self-soothe, regulate. Mm. Then they've got a toolkit. Yep. So when things happen, which they're going to happen, Yep. They can apply the tools exactly. and bring themselves to balance and get a more intelligent solution to their problems. Yeah, and I'm so passionate about that. Yeah. And that's why, I, I don't know, I, I believe so much in what you do, Willow. Yeah, but no, I, I, I really do. And I think it's so amazing that you've been doing it for this long and yeah. giving so much. Well, on that point, it's really cool because I've had a lot of challenges with, I feel very passionate about HeartMath. I'm, I've been, I, HeartMath Australia send people to me to mm. help and talk and mm. you know we've got six years of experience mm. plus all the nursing experience and all the meditation oh. experience all the psychedelic experience all the care and ceremony experience that we bring Catherine and I my partner to these sessions of helping people 
So there's a nice broad, there's not much we haven't seen. Exactly. So we can you really even, help. We've even done a lot of lucid dreaming, which exactly. I'm also very, very interested yeah. in. And I, and I personally <laughs> have been through all yeah. of this myself. There's not much I exactly. haven't been through. Yeah. Um, from drug addiction to melancholia and, and all these things to, to do my own healing, my mm. own coming to myself, my own acceptance that, well, you know, it's like when you've had a fucked up childhood, you can't change that. No. It's great. Yeah. Oh, that's it. You don't have to keep digging into it and keep re-going through poor me. You're like, oh, well, no wonder I have these moments of mm. melancholia. I mm. think I might always have that. I'm not going to keep trying to take a magic pill and make that go away. Much better when I just say, oh, melancholy has arrived. Welcome. I'll set the table, put out some raw chocolate, put on some nice music. It might be an hour. It might be a day. But I've noticed that it goes away a lot quicker when I'm at peace with it, when yeah. I, I do some self-soothing. Welcome rather than suppress. Exactly. Open the door. Welcome. And then, because if you suppress, if you, oh, I don't want to feel like this, I shouldn't be feeling like this, I should be the best person, the highest self, it's like locking the doors and the melancholy is banging on every door and window trying to get through the grates and getting in it. So much energy and so much time. Wasted. Wasted. Whereas nowadays I can just sit myself down, I can bring some ease through these techniques like the heart-focused breathing we are talking about. Yeah. And my system comes to balance so I'm coherently melancholy mm. if you like I'm not yeah. resisting what what is which is the feeling oh melancholy's arrived well it's a state of suffering mm. in a way that's mm. a bit of suffering because I'm not at peace yeah I'm sure a lot of people Absolutely. must be feeling that what do I need and sometimes I'll say to myself you're not alone Willow mm. and when I tell myself I'm not alone that I've got friends I've got family and I really know it when I breathe that feeling of I'm not alone it's the secret words whispered in my ear that I've needed to hear my whole life that I haven't heard. Yeah. That brings me to peace, that brings me to ground. Oh, I'm not alone. Oh my goodness. <laughs> the love yeah. arrives. Job done. done. It's that simple. I feel good. I didn't have to make the melancholy go away. I had to find what I needed while I'm feeling it. Yeah. So we do these things because we're suffering, not to make them go away. No. It's because we're suffering. Yeah. So that's why we do these techniques to self-care. Mm so beautiful yeah wow yeah and i was going to say i'm doing these talks yes and i'm doing my work because i can't do social media because it's anathema to me yes. it really is yep. so promoting my business on social media it just confuses me i i'm i'm at a loss in the marketplace yeah so the marketplace used to be you could put up some posters up around town yeah you go on the radio and do some interviews uh, you advertise your talk and people come along who are interested. Mm. Lovely. Yeah, lovely poster, tell them a bit about it. Maybe you've got the phone number, they can have a chat with you about coming on. And nowadays it's all on the line. Yes. And it's drenched with algorithms for success that are all bullshit yeah. in my mind. Not authentic yeah. whatsoever. And creating these false images and ideas of people and events and what you're going to get. So this last year, through having a real existential crisis two years ago where I was stung by all my bees and had a, I arrested basically, I had no blood pressure, had a, what's called a hypoxic seizure, which mm. means I had no oxygen in my brain. Uh, my, my beautiful partner got me to the emergency room with one minute to spare, literally mm. one minute, <sighs> collapsed on the floor of the emergency department and they commenced the resuscitation. Having been an emergency room nurse, I had a lot of compassion for myself mm. lying there when I finally came conscious again. Anyway, they resuscitated me over 40 minutes and 
this was a wonderful thing because it really helped over the next couple of months as I came back to myself from the trauma of that incredible experience. It really helped me come to my truth and my authenticity more. I thought I already was, but I was still not. I was still wanting to sort my money problems out and use my work for that and all these sorts of things. And it's like, no, we're going to let go, we're going to serve. So how does Willow do that? Well, it's organic. Mm. You know, I used to weave baskets and sell them at mm. the market. I like to go to the market mm. and sell my chocolate or juggle and meet people real people in person where I can pick up all the signals and they can pick up my signals and we're having a human experience. Um, and so I thought to myself, well, I need to find the people somehow. So I've got a friend, Tash, and she's helped promote the last talks on the line, on the Facebook thing, because she does that really well. Yes. And she's doing some great authentic work as well. Yes. Um, but I've basically, my, my mission is to hold public talks. Mm-hmm. So then people can come along at a very low cost, like $30 or something. Mm-hmm. I've got to rent the hall and I've got to do all yeah. these things. So, And we give two hours of science-based training. And that takeaway is you can have these tools you learn on that day that you've experienced and practiced with me and learned all the science behind them. And you never need to see me again. It's not a catch that you then buy my book and do my program and I make thousands. Yeah. It's not like people that. People are always... There's an opportunity. What, what are you trying? Yeah. yeah. So there's no big sell at the end. Yeah. There's not like this is the taster, which they teach you on the algorithm of marketing. Give them the taster. Give them free things so that they'll come and do your course. Mm. Bullshit. It's just covert. It's dark. Yeah. Come along. Here's, here's what I'm selling. I'm yeah. giving you the science of the heart, the latest cutting-edge stuff on our physiology, on stress, anxiety, emotional regulation. Then we drink some cacao... A beautiful chocolate to help <laughs> to just connect the night and then we meditate using one of the heart math tools so you get experience for a good 20 minutes maybe half an hour if I haven't talked too much and got over time <laughs> and then off you go and I've got some little forms so if people are interested in doing some more work with me they want to know how come I can't just do this that's not enough is that enough well we're complex beings and what we find is that when we come into balance when we just start getting some sense of ourselves we realize there's a lot going on mm. do you have a lot of anger there yeah or I'm very depressed and what happened to there or whatever and they think well I, the framework of having someone support me mm. that could be really good for me absolutely so they have a chat and I say well if this suits you I've got a very low cost course because I want to do this. Exactly. I don't want to charge $4,000. No. I want it to be a few hundred dollars that pay, helps me, helps me. It helps them put value because it's, you know, it's a five yes. week course. So it's very low. It's half of what we used to charge because we want to make more people coherent. Mm. We want more people to come to the heart, more people to be healed, more people to be self-regulated. So they go out into the world and in their environment, they're using these tools and techniques mm. and other people are feeling the difference mm. with the electromagnetic field that changes with the heart rhythm situation. Yeah. And so there's an, a, a, an affect, the drops are dropping in the pond and the ripples mm. are going out. And I'm not becoming a multimillionaire. Mm. I'm just happy and this is good yes. that I can pay my rent yes. to have my life. And, and there's no conflict of interest there. Yes. Um, and... So that's what I'm doing, is just every few months I do a talk. We had 70 that. people come to the last talk. So imagine meditating with 70 people who've oh. chosen on a Friday night to come and hear about the science of the heart. Then we all have a big cacao drink 
and now guide us through this beautiful sit. And people have written to me and reported saying, wow, simple technique, but wow, I've, I'm noticing something here. It's like, yes, because you're changing your physiology. You're not just sitting and meditating. And the, the difference between heart math and traditional meditation, we used to think relaxation was the solution to mm. stress. It's not. Mm. Because you can relax and ruminate. And rumination means your circular thinking. thinking going over and over those problems. And that creates cortisol. Mm. And also creates a pathway in your brain where there's the worry and the, that neurology sets up. And yeah. so you tend to lean towards worry as a mechanism. That's the amygdala, isn't it? It's the amygdala, yeah. pattern recognition around we go. Stress, yeah. fight, flight, freeze, more cortisol, mobilizing forces in the body, burning up lots of energy. Mm. So relaxation isn't the, the solution. And I can tell you, because I tried relaxation for 20 years or mm. more, <laughs> dive deep into meditation and every form of relaxation that I could mm. to solve my uh, childhood trauma, stress, my anxiety, my, my challenges. And whereas coherence, psychophysiological coherence, changing our heart rhythms through this breathing and accessing a, an emotion that's nourishing, yeah. like gratitude and appreciation, that brings balance to the body. And it's, a, it's quite a awake state. It's mm. not a sleepy-headed state. Yeah. So when you meditate with the heart math model, that heart-focused breathing, and you're sitting there, you come online, basically. Absolutely. And when you come online... You start to see, feel, know a bit more about what you need. Mm. And I think if we then move to the spiritual side, you're a bit more open to your your purpose, your journey. And yeah. who knows what that's like? I don't know. Exactly. Everyone's got a different journey. But at least it moves you closer maybe to looking at the existential angst that's yeah. in you, that's in all of us, because yeah. we're all going to die. Yeah. And not many of us have spent much time thinking about that because we think that's melancholic mm. hmm, about that. <laughs> maybe that's my problem no. um, so death is a reality that we don't want to look at because the ego can't imagine itself not being mm. but there's part of us that has never died and if we can tap into that part of us that never died that's never born is infinite is the presence is life itself if we can be that then we can ameliorate the anxiety of the ego Poor little ego, poor little thing, needs some soothing soft vocal tones, doesn't mm. it? It's okay. Absolutely. The infinite. It's so okay. much more richer. That's yeah, what richer. I explain this form of meditation yeah. to be. It's yeah. not a meditation, it's an active meditation. Yeah. And so then if we can start to face the personal self's mm. challenges. And when I talk about the personal self, this is the big this is the big wake up. We realise, like if anyone just listening to this sat from and thought, well, what's that voice in my head? Who's talking? Well, that's me. Well, who's listening then? <laughs> who's listening to the thoughts? Who's feeling the sensations? Oh, okay, that's something. Now, mm. now we're taking the next steps. Absolutely. Because if you spend some time tuning into that self, that, don't even know that it's a self because I'm just putting a, an object on that now, I'm objectifying something that cannot be objectified. Mm. But this is what we have to do. We have to go to an area that the mind can't handle. Mm. It's not subject-object anymore. No. And it's very tricky. But when you rest there, when you, when you can activate this, this methodology, method, methodology of, of meditation that allows you to be aware of awareness itself, be aware mm. of what's aware of all these things, that's where the magic happens. That's where things start to change. 
And if you stop serving your personal self, that's, I mean, that's, that's what you do. You stop serving your personal self and start focusing on the other self. And there's your solution. And people are like, what about my personal self? It's like, well, the personal self is never going to make you happy, but it's trying to sell you the story that if you do this, if you become that, if you achieve your potential, if I get the house and the dog and the kids and the car, then I'll be happy. Then, 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 then. Yeah. But what's been found is that we think we know what we need and we think we know what we want. But what we want is driven by the personal self. And what that is driven by is trying to ameliorate pain and distortion from childhood, from unresolved stuff or patterning. You know, like, so I'm gonna become a doctor because I wanna serve humanity, I wanna, and I'm gonna become a doctor, but really you wanna become a doctor so your parents will respect you, <laughs> so you'll feel seen. Mm. All that study and all that work, and you get there and you realize, oh, I don't really wanna be a doctor at all, I just wanna be acknowledged and be loved and be <laughs> seen as a whole because my parents never saw me yeah. and this is the only way I feel I can do it because all that respect that a doctor mm. has so okay well then I'll just be really wealthy because money talks so I'll be a millionaire entrepreneur so you spend the next 20 years becoming mm. a millionaire entrepreneur and there you are depressed and lonely sitting in your fucking ivory tower mm. with your Google account and all your money and you realise oh so it's just the personal self wants all these things exactly because the real self doesn't need anything no. it's complete it's whole it's happy and when we can tap into that complete whole happy feeling authentically not as some spiritual bypass getting away from our pain but actually feel and know whether it's just a glimpse just a moment in meditation mm. or whether it's a whole immersion through a psychedelic experience or a deep meditation yeah. where you're just there you're like oh my God, I, I don't need anything. I never needed anything. There was never a problem. This is all just fine. Then you're in a different world. Then you're in a different life. Then you're much more aware of your choices and where you're going and where you're spending your money and the, the, all those other things come on board, but they're coming from an authentic self. Mm. It's not about buying bamboo pillows to save the fucking planet. <laughs> Like we said before. Like we said. It's about making choices from a deeper part of yourself. Absolutely. That will theoretically or ideally move you on your path so you're waking up. Mm. You start waking up to who you really are and what you really are, um, which is beyond the mind. And that's this is the paradox of it. The irony, paradox, all sitting there. That's right. But it's not impossible. It just takes some commitment and a choice to choose the path of the heart choose the path of the, the bigger, not the smaller, and really commit to it. Mm. You know, commit to liberation, yep. commit to waking up. Yep. And that means saying no to things. Yeah, exactly. And it's gonna be scary, it's gonna and be it difficult. Be yeah. Absolutely, because yeah. the mainstream paradigm, which unfortunately, though we do live in a, in a bell and hear our own echoes back all the time, the majority of the world is not Mm. at this state or even ready to hear any of this no but there's a sense that as each person wakes up they help someone else wake up mm. and when a couple wake up then they help three or four and when three or four wake up they help a little village wake up and when a village wakes up a city wakes up and when a city wakes up John yeah you're on the that's way that's the ripple it is the ripple and it's not about the hundredth monkey it's not about seeing the light and unicorns and that it's about getting real it's about being with what is, yes. as painful as that is, yep. and 
than realising it's all okay. Mm. It's part of what's going on is what's going on. And stop pretending that it's not by trying to get all buffed up and, <laughs> you know, on this next wave of stuff, which is the totally self-obsessed health thing that's going on. Exactly. Instead of health because of imbalance, yeah. because of the deeper imbalance, as exactly. you talked about earlier, you said, wow, this is... These health issues seem to actually be driven by something much deeper. I see it. I see it daily. I see these issues, and it's like the massive elephant in the room. Yeah. yeah and they and I, I can't deny these things. And when yeah. people want, and this is why I think, and I, I, I would love if you could come and speak at the clinic. We could do a night maybe, and we could do oh, a lecture. Yeah, come on. That's multiple. A, yes. If we can. Let's do it. We'll do our cocaine, yeah. we'll do the meditation yeah. and all that. That would yeah. be absolutely amazing if we could do that. And then that's that's where it's at. People can realise what what it actually feels like. It's that taster. And yeah. that's all it takes is that yeah. you feel like, oh my goodness, what, what is this feeling? I want this more. Yeah. And it, and we, we play, obviously. You've got to have play. If there's not play, if you take yourself too seriously, then fuck off you yeah. know it's pointless Play, laughter gets too serious yeah this is it's separate yeah it's like raw chocolate it's chocolate <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's a little bit too hot or there's this in it there or that is. in it it's chockey it's got to be fun I just eat the raw liqueur yeah, yum yeah. oh yeah <laughs> so the thing is that it's the call of the heart I call mm. it you know like I said we had 70 people come along on a Friday night in Perth and I'm like where have these people come from why aren't they getting pissed or watching telly and mm. doing all the party, you know, not just yeah. party, but the suppression of their pain. But they're not. They're coming to... They've been called. Yeah. And in that group, I had a whole bunch of people write to me and ring and say, oh, I really was inspired by your talk. It really spoke to me. And I'm reading these on the emails and I'm like, this is so good. Mm. Um, I communicated something and it worked. I didn't sell anything yeah. i didn't gloss anything over i just was me i had to let go of me and yes. serve the people yeah which can be really uncomfortable standing in front of a bunch of people absolutely had a lot of laughter yeah a bit of potty mouth now and then good which is always good to fracture the puritans and get real but it was enough that people were touched and they want to know more and they want to do more yes and so it it, there's always a percentage in every group and I just think that's what's going on yeah. people come along for different reasons but there's a percentage of people who, who really want to want to and need to hear this work yeah. so one of the girls that came along she's working with refugees here mm. helping them integrate and manage Centrelink and school holidays and programs they don't speak English and the stigma and all the challenges so I mm. think there's a heart that we can leverage oh. there's, there's compassion there there's Absolutely. love there but she's also doing uh, energy healing, mm. Reiki, and these sorts of things, and she wants to use these tools to keep herself modulated. And I was like, "Wow!" So she's started a five-week training with me, Amazing. and I couldn't be working with anyone better because yeah. there's the love, there's the uh, thinking of the other, but also the self, the, the, the self-healing and the care and, and healing people. Helping people. I'm like, "Wow! What a classic candidate!" Amazing. So you have people like that, but then I've had an engineer turn up whose marriage was about to fall apart. Mm. He's a control freak because mm. his dad was, and he thinks that's the way to keep the family together. And I said, "Well, how much fun are you having?" Well, they're not having much fun. No. So when he realised that he can tell me it's all them for as long as he wants, but I'll let him know it's him <laughs> eventually at yeah. the end of the chat. Then he gets on and does the tools. And because he's an engineer, he loved the science. Yeah. We're talking about the electromagnetic field of the heart that's measurable yes. with magnometers, yep. with 
we've got instruments that measure the field that the heart emits, the electromagnetic mm. field. Mm. And it goes metres from the body. Yeah. Where the brain extends, the electromagnetic field of the brain extends an inch or so. That's 2.5 centimetres. So which is the master? Which is running the show? Exactly. And what's in electromagnetic field? Well, it's data. We mm. know there's data. And the data is our emotions. It's our feelings. So that's why we be kind. Yes. That's why we get authentic. Yes. That's why we drop to the heart. So we can communicate non-locally. Yes. You need to be non-local, not just inside this little body, because you'll find that you're not inside the little body. Mm-hmm. If you look for yourself, where are you in your body? Take a moment, you know, am I in my legs? Is there a separate independent self in my legs? No. What about in my heart? In my body? Well, no, I could say, no, there's a heart beating, my feelings. Well, they come and go and change all the time. Or maybe I'm in my head, that must be where I am. Well, no, because thoughts come and go and I can watch these thoughts just generate all the time. So where the fuck am I? (laughs) It's a great thing to do, just sit and have a look. Exactly. And that can be an amazing doorway, that Mm. simple process. It's, It's cool. It's fun. You're like, well, it's true. Yeah, I'm, I'm not here. I'm not here. I'm not here. Thoughts aren't mine. I can just watch them and they just go on like a little thought machine that then connects to a feeling that creates another thought and just sit and watch that. Well, who's watching it? There we go. Just stay with that. Don't do anything. Do lots of that. That's good for you. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> there you go. Everyone knows what to do now. Yeah, <laughs> Well, Willow, I reckon we should wrap this up, but I want to have another session with you. Cool. Very soon, because cool. I reckon a part two is in need. Let's do it. we've got lots, 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 yeah. lots to explore. Can you um, tell everyone who's listening in where to find you, as in websites? Sure. Yeah. So we've simplified things. CatherineandWillow.com. Cool. And you go there, and there's three panels. You can go to the Self-Kindness Project, and that's going to talk all about the heart math work mm-hmm. and the group work we want to do. We want to help change paradigms, mm-hmm. cultures, mm-hmm. and the way that change a culture is from the heart. Yep. There's the cacao mm-hmm. and chocolate, and there's the cacao ceremonies, okay. where we run ceremonies, places for people to come and sit yep. for three hours, take off all their self-important hats and their identities, drink some beautiful therapeutic cacao, immerse themselves in a soundscape, Get off Facebook. Get off being a father or a brother or an important person. Just the person who is born, the person who's going to die. Hang out with that person for a little while and see what bubbles up. Mm. And we do those sort of every month or six weeks or so. Amazing. Yep. So you can go there. Um, And I'll be doing a talk in Cottesloe on the 20th of March. Perfect. It's a Friday night. Amazing. And you can go... um, yeah, you can go on the, the self-kindness project and write to us and we'll book you in. Book all that stuff in. Amazing. <laughs> Willow, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful to have no, this conversation no. with you. Thank you so, 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 so much well, for I, your time. Oh no, Jodie, it's a, it's a treat for you to come here and sit with me and bring up all the goodness in me and mm. bring up the goodness in you and, and just feel the goodness that's present because it is. Life and is that's, good. Yeah, yeah, life is good. We've got a little picture oh, on the wall there that says <laughs> life is good and, and that's what we can bring people to Mm. and when they know the truth of it not as an idea but not as a thought but as a a felt sense then they can move forward and Mm. then we can start the journey you know absolutely that's cool thank you so much Shady. we will see you very 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 soon and chat again soon (laughs) thanks for listening to the revital health podcast we hope you enjoy this episode 
follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Revital Health, as well as our website, revitalhealth.com.au, for upcoming podcasts, workshops, and speaking events. Find out about specials happening in the clinic and all the show notes and links mentioned in the podcast. Please remember that this information discussed here is general information and it is not intended to diagnose or treat individuals. Please speak to your healthcare professional before embarking on any new treatments, lifestyle changes, medicines or supplementation to assess your suitability. Have a wonderful day and we'll see you again soon.